Welcome to the Eventualities Podcast, interesting conversations with the people behind our favourite regional festivals and events. We dive into the memorable experiences they create, the unexpected challenges they've overcome and what they've learned along the way. With over 20 years practical experience within the visitor economy, Beck Morley has been responsible for developing, promoting, marketing and securing business for Port Stephens as well as the broader Hunter region and North Coast. Currently, Beck is employed as business executive for a regional tourism organisation, driving overnight visitation through targeted campaigns. Beck runs her own business, Beck Morley Consulting, that assists businesses in the specialty areas of grant writing, marketing, business development, project and event management management across a range of industries. Beck is also a director of Spark Cowork, a co-working space based in Port Stephens that offers the opportunity for micro businesses to access business facilities and services. Outside of her corporate life, Beck is practicing to be a mindful mum and enjoys bare feet in the sand on a regular basis. Beck Morley, welcome to the Eventualities podcast. Thank you, Bea. It's a pleasure to be here. So excited to have you. Um, now, you are a woman who wears many hats, as I've just um, let everyone know about. But today, I really want to have a focus on regional conferencing and business events. And there's no better person, um, place to be speaking on that than you, especially with the regional focus. So um, I've kind of talked a little bit about you, but I'd love to know a bit more about your background and experience. And then I guess bring us into your role with Destination North Coast. Sure, sounds lovely. Thank you. Um, well, it's probably true to say that I'm a bit of a self-confessed regional tourism nut. Um, I love everything about regional tourism. I love the people, I love the places, and I love the passion that really I think you can only find in regions. Um, I sound like a dinosaur, but after 20 years of working in this industry, I really do find it still quite special to share a little piece of paradise with your visitors. It's like giving them a little gift, and I find that um, it still gives me the warm and fuzzies after 20 years of doing it. So I absolutely love the industry we're in. Um, So how did I get into tourism? Um, Well, I probably need to thank my Year 10 careers advisor who sat down with my mum and dad and myself in Year 10 after doing some personality tests and said, Rebecca needs to go into an industry where there's people. And I think at the time, I remember um, it was politics or tourism were the two things that were suggested. I certainly wasn't going into politics. Um, So I kind of took that career path so that I could go into tourism. Starting early on, uh, working in business development for uh, regional resorts uh, and um, large-scale tourism operations around the Hunter region. Um, And then in 2012, as you just mentioned, decided to open up my own consultancy business where I was helping those small tourism businesses in my hometown of Port Stephens. And I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I offered specialised services like grant and award writing services, um, business development, event management and project management. And what I really, really loved about that was watching those um, organisations and those businesses grow and succeed. I kind of, I was hooked after that. (laughs) Um, And I think think when the small business is actually thriving, then the destination is thriving too. So it was all working towards um, a greater goal for me personally and professionally. Um, And so that's, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed that consultancy side of things as well. 
Around the same time, in, in about 2012, I wanted to be more involved from the visitor economy perspective, from it, from the destination management and marketing perspective. Um, so just working closely with council um, and also holding several positions with destination Port Stevens at the time, I was able to fulfil that role. And one of those key uh, or core responsibilities was to look after the business events portfolio. And that's kind of how I got myself back into business events. Um, and loved it as well. Um, and then um, finishing up with Destination Port Stevens in 2017, I again took up consultancy work and um, a friend of mine, um, Naomi, who was actually working on some projects with me at the time, we would, were just sitting in a coffee shop one day talking about how frustrating it was that we didn't have a workspace that had high-speed internet and privacy and, you know, that kind of thing. So we just decided on a whim, a bit of a whim, um, that we would open up a co-working space. Um, and obviously, as you've already mentioned, we called it Spark Cowork. And that business is just about to turn four, I can't believe it, on the 20th of December this year. Um, and that has, again, been a, a really great initiative um, for our hometown of Port Stephens. Um, we didn't have a co-working space. We've been able to help over 100 small businesses in the Port Stephens area um, under a program called Business Connect. Um, and as I said, you know, it's just really for me, it's about um, helping and collaborating with small business, whether they be in the tourism industry or not, um, and just trying to improve and um just try to improve the destination offering that we have. Um, it's been really lovely to be part of the co-working community um, because we've been able to have that flexibility of working remotely. And that is how, long story I know, but that's how we've ended up, uh, that's how I've ended up working for Destination North Coast because it was a role that became available. It was a part-time role. Um, you know, we were doing remote working before COVID, so we feel like we were kind of a bit of, we were trend setting back then. Um, but it did actually work really, really well that, you know, I could sit in Spark and I could actually work as, as the um, business events executive for Destination North Coast. Um, my role at Destination North Coast um, covers a broad territory from mid-coast in the south up into the Tweed in the north and out to Lord Howe Island. Um, and I've been in this role since 2018 and absolutely love it. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so much good stuff in there um, and such a diverse experience. But I think, you know, more than anything, your passion for, for regional and for small business comes through and Port Stephens and the North Coast are certainly lucky to have you up there. Um, we actually met, I think, must have been back in, I'm trying to think, 2013, 14, um, when we were bringing the Australian Regional Tourism Convention to Port Stephens and you were our first point of call and were so wonderful to work with. So it's been great seeing your journey over those years as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so getting back, I guess, to the Destination North Coast business, um, what do we call it? Is it a bureau? What do you call it? We don't call ourselves a bureau. Um, Destination North Coast business events okay. team, you know, program um, is how we refer to ourselves. But, yeah. When it was formed, you um, looked after the whole North Coast, didn't you? You had the whole patch to yourself, which was obviously a huge undertaking with everything else you were doing. Um, but since then, um, they've brought another member, Heath, onto the team. And as you said, you're now looking after the southern part of the the um, region, which is probably a lot more you know, manageable for you. Um, so it's you and Heath working 
in collaboration. Can you talk to us a bit about how that's set up and what your, I guess, what a typical, I'm using <laughs> my hands as, you know, bunnies here, inverted commas, what would a typical day or a typical week look like um, for the both of you? Sure. So just to recap, the, um, so the program was formed or, or um, came about because there were some opportunities that were identified in the 2018 Destination Management Plan on the North Coast. Um, and in response, the program was developed in, in 2019. Um, and the program itself is obviously aimed at securing business events for the North Coast. And as you rightly say, um, yes, it was a very large territory at the beginning. And I was very grateful when our um, my colleague came on board, Heath Batterham. And Heath looks after the north of the North Coast, um, including the areas of the Tweed, Lismore, Byron Bay and Ballina, just to name a few. And then I look after the south of the North Coast, um, including Barrington Coast, Port Macquarie, Coffs Harbour and Lord Howe Island. We each do 20 hours a week um, and between us, um, it sort of works out to be the equivalent of a full-time person. I suppose it's really, really important to have somebody at the end of the phone whenever those inquiries do come through. So we um, try and be available at all times. We have a, a partnership model, B, um, where we have, we have over 50 stakeholders now as part of that program. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Destination North Coast is actually a, a destination network that sits under um, the guidelines of Destination New South Wales. Um, and we have 14 local government areas as part of our, our patch. Um, and our stakeholders range from those people in the venues, accommodation providers, um, food and beverage providers, activity providers, uh, airports, and of course, our councils. And we work really, really closely um, with all of them. Um, I should actually, it would be, it would be bad of me not to not to um, give a bit of a shout out to our uh, other, the rest of our team members. So we have um, an admin resource in our head office in Lismore, Donna, who works really, really closely with the team. And of course, our general manager, Michael Thurston, and our industry development manager, Jack Burnside. Um, we say we're a small but dedicated team for, you know, a relatively small group of people, uh, we like to achieve a lot. And I think we do that quite successfully, um, a really close team. So we work well together. Um, in response to the second part of your question, what does a typical day look like? Yes, well, there's no such thing as a typical day, especially in the last, in the recent times. Um, but there's two constants in my everyday of my life, of my working life. One is for us to do everything to actively drive that visitation back to the North Coast through business events. And the other is to make sure that I have coffee and lots of it. <laughs> and those two things are the only things that happen every day that are the same. Um, but it, no, in all seriousness, um, I see my role servicing internal customers, so our stakeholders and our suppliers, um, as well as our external customers, our clients and our event managers. And I try and devote time, as does Heath, um, to each of those customer bases every day. A typical day for us would be, Responding to client inquiries, communicating with stakeholders, um, providing advice, recommendations where possible. Um, also taking on feedback. I think that's a really important thing um, and we have to take the time to do that properly. Um, I think in the pace we're living at at the moment, sometimes it's easy just to skip over the bits that are uncomfortable. Um, I'm all for good feedback, but I'm also very I'm very open to, to some feedback that can allow us to continuously improve. So we do put some time aside for that. Um, as part of an effective sales pipeline, obviously we try and conduct sales calls throughout the day and throughout the week wherever we can. And more recently during the pandemic, we've been checking in on our people to see how they're travelling. I think that's been 
really, really important. Um, doesn't necessarily need to have an outcome to those phone calls other than just touching base with our stakeholders in particular um, and making sure that they're functioning and they're going okay. Um, our lead generation is really important for us. It makes up about 70% of our role. So um, I spend quite a bit of time um, talking to people about what opportunities might be out, out there that we can pitch for and then providing that information back to clients or committees um, in trying to put the North Coast forward. Uh, now that restrictions are lifting, we're also finalising many of our face-to-face -face trade shows. You would be aware that we had mass cancellations um, and have done over the last two years. So God love our, our, our business events, trade show um, managers have all scheduled, you know, a lot of them have been rescheduled into 2021. So that seems to be a bit of a busy time just managing those um, new details as they come to hand. And on a, in any given year, B, we do about 15 to 20 trade shows. Um, so as you can appreciate, those last two years being squished into the first two quarters of next year is making next year look really, really busy. Um, but exciting at the same time. Um, recently, uh, as many of your listeners would know, uh, there's also been a renewed effort about um, providing recovery through grants programs. And we've had our own grants program through Destination North Coast called Reboot. And there's the current Destination New South Wales Regional Business Grant that's available. Um, so some of our day is dedicated to helping those applicants that are applying for that recovery funding. Um, and that everyone's different. Everyone's got different levels of, um, of confidence when applying for grants, but we help them as far as, you know, answering questions, providing examples of budget, having a look at their draft application, and of course, providing letters of support. Um, other than those core functions, there's always ongoing marketing and admin and budget management, and the most important thing, CRM management updates. Um, so as I say in the classics, there's never a dull moment, but it does keep us busy. Um, and we really enjoy it. Oh, wow. Okay. That seems like a lot more than um, a full-time <laughs> job, even be shared between two of you. That's that's huge. Now, I think, you know, watching from the outside, it seems like um, this initiative has been really successful. Um, I might get you to talk a bit about that, you know, over the, the course of this chat, but I'm keen to probably focus a bit more on that lead generation. And you were mentioning that accounts for about 70% of your time. I'm keen to hear a bit more about that and what that involves. And maybe um, the other thing I've been really impressed at is looking at the, even your, um, your business events page on the Destination North Coast website is just full of so many useful resources. And I know you and Heath spent a lot of time um, during our lockdowns and during the last two years, really engaging with the industry. As you said, sometimes it is just a phone call, but goodness, that can make a huge difference to the person on the other end of the, the line, especially if they just had a particularly bad day or week. Um, so some of those resources that you're offering are fantastic. I know you were doing some great um, in, you know, online forums and you were, you know, having funny dress up days. I would watch, you know, through LinkedIn or whatever you were doing, which sounded lots of fun. So I guess I'd love you to just talk a bit more about those things. And the other thing I'd love to also hear about is some of the familes you're running, because I know you were working closely with Destination New South Wales on those and um, the video content you were producing looked amazing. And I just would love to know the outcomes of some of those. And if you're actually seeing, um, you know, that converted into actual business for your partners. Yeah, sure. Okay. There's a lot in that. Sorry. 
<laughs> no, that's okay. No, that's I might have to just break it down piece sure. by piece. Um, so just on the, like I mentioned before, we feel like we've got two sets of customers, our internal customers, our suppliers and our, and our clients, our external customers. So maybe I'll start with, because you've mentioned what happened um, over lockdown, I'll start with our internal customers, our suppliers and our stakeholders. And I should say the program wouldn't happen without them. Um, it's a paid partnership to be involved in the program and, you know, um, bar the just signing up and being part of the program, um, we obviously need to have those. Um, we, we share in those, um, featuring all of those properties and all of those activities providers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we don't have our own product ourselves, so we, the program wouldn't exist without them. Um, so just on the clients, sorry, on the, on the stakeholder side of things, I did mention that 70% of that role is that lead generation. It's really about finding opportunities um, working with our database, our client database, and really touching base with them and saying, you know, what could you share a brief or, you know, um, uh, could you could you give us some information about your next business event? We would love to put our destination forward for you. Um, now, we might speak to some clients that run 15 events a year uh, all over Australia, all over the world, some of them. Or we might just speak to a client that runs one annual conference and we won't see it in New South Wales. It takes it in, they take it in turns um, and we might not see it for 10 years. But we still need to service that database and have a good working relationship with those clients. And that, and that is all about communication. I think it's funny, actually. <laughs> one thing that we kind of, we, we internally laugh about this is that business events is old school. We're, we're old school, you know, whilst leisure marketing and, you know, VFR and all these other markets have gone to digital. Yes, business events have certainly gone to digital, but it still is very much about those. We really do hold those relationships true. Um, and there's a lot of credence and credibility put on those relationships. The way we do that is take the time to speak to people. Um, so that's, yeah, so the, so the 70% of that role is, is about making sure we're pulling out those opportunities. My mum used to say you've got, you know, one mouth and two ears, so shut your mouth and listen. Um, and that's kind of the formula that we use, believe it or not. I'm not doing it very well at the moment, but that's the formula we normally use. Um, and then it really is about understanding the client needs and where we might be able to best place that business for them. Then on the other side of that, as part of that lead generation, is, under, is making sure that the operators understand when we ask for proposals what we're asking for and to keep it nice and succinct. It's almost like answering the questions. You know, we don't need war and peace when we ask for a proposal. We really don't. It just upsets everybody. Um, so we act as a bit of a moderator when we watch those proposals come back in from industry um, and then we can either help by providing some mentoring around how we can you know, do things better if we need to. Um, and if we don't, we put it into a destination bid and we, we obviously put the North Coast forward as a preferred um, destination. 40% um, of my, sorry, 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 not 40, 70 and 40 doesn't make 100%. <laughs> um, my apologies, 20% um, of, of our responsibility on the industry side is, is that um, developing industry. So whatever that looks like. I mentioned before some of our more mature destinations um, be. So, you know, the, um, destinations like Coffs and, and Ballina and Byron have been doing business events long before the program actually started. Um, and they need, they have a different need to what an emerging destination might need. So um, an emerging destination as an example would be Lismore in the north or um, Barrington Coast in the south. 
So when we have when we work with those suppliers, we're actually the service level is different. They're, what they want from us is they want us to sit down and they actually want, you know, can you help me with my yielding? Can you help me with my pricing? Can you help me understand how to write a proposal? What do my clients want, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's for, for Heath and I, it's about making sure that we understand what our suppliers need and kind of meeting them where they're at, if that makes sense. Um, so that's a really, really important function as well. And the last 10% of our role is advocacy. It is really about making sure that whatever's happening in regional New South Wales, um, that it's being passed to the people that can do something about it. Now, whether or not that uh, we work very, very closely with the Meet in Regional New South Wales team under Destination New South Wales, um, and we have a great working relationship with them. If we get some feedback or um, we have some, you know, some sort of um, yeah, feedback, continuous feedback or, or anything like that, we've certainly passed that up to them. Um, and in addition, we also work with industry associations like MIA, Meetings and Events Australia, WEAA, um, who else is there? ACCC. So many acronyms. B, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm tripping over myself. Um, and obviously Becker as well. Um, so we work with all of those guys to try and be the voice of regional New South Wales. Um, and in the, that capacity too, I also sit on the MIA branch of New South Wales as the regional chair. So I feel obligated to be educating, if that's the right word, um, but also, you know, making sure that our voice is heard in the rooms that it needs to be heard in. That's on the supply side of things. So are you glad you asked this really long question? <laughs> Gives me a break. So yeah, I do. <laughs> You did um, just reference then the meet in regional New South Wales, the regional conferencing team at Destination New South Wales. And for those listeners that haven't already, um, do jump on and check out their website. Um, get in touch with Helen and the team because they've got um, a wealth of experience and, again, some great resources. And that website is a fantastic platform for those who are looking at um, regional conferencing or events. So, sorry, I'll give you a little chance to get a, have a break and just thought I'd mention that. Um, and, yeah, shout out to Helen and the team there. They're fantastic fantastic to work with so a really good another resource absolutely absolutely um on the other side on the client side of things um we provide destination knowledge we provide recommendations to the client um sometimes clients are really organized they've got a brief they know exactly what they want they're very very specific other times they have no idea they've never even visited the destination so again it's about helping helping those clients with that information um, we provide a conduit to those key introductions into regions. So whether that be, you know, um, suppliers or guest speakers, um, it might be dignitaries. So we have access to people like, you know, local mayors or general managers of council um, or even welcome to country. Um, so we facilitate all of those introductions and that's quite important. Um, the sourcing of quotes and proposals, as I mentioned before, we try to turn our, our proposals around between 24 and 48 hours um, and before we put them back into a destination bid and go back to the client. And that's something that we work really quite hard to, to achieve. Um, we also organise, as you mentioned before, site inspections and for mills. Um, and we found in region that, um, and, and what, what you're referring to is that the set of for mills that we did in 2019 on the website, so we took a group of, um, of event managers, somewhere between 10 and 15 is an ideal spot, an ideal group size for us. Um, and we took them all over the North Coast in 2019. What we did find is that about 80% conversion um, happens after we bring clients into, into the region. So whether that be just a site inspection and that's the decision maker coming from the corporate or, you know, from the organisation that we've been dealing with, 
um, and we facilitate visits to those venues that have been quoted or whether it's a, a group of event managers um, and we organise a familial to showcase what we have to offer. Yeah, there's about an 80% conversion um, that that happens after that, which is a fantastic result. And again, probably talks to the fact that, you know, we are a traditional face-to-face industry. We like to see, um, we like to feel and touch and taste. Um, and then that sales conversion is helped by that process. The other thing that we do on, is we help on um, with support, support information. So, um, many times, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have been to conferences when they will drum roll, please, they'll announce the next destination for the following year. Um, so we will supply and help with marketing material, video, um, you know, photos, that kind of thing to launch or during that bidding stage. And then on the other end, once the conference has been confirmed, we'll help with um, corporate gifts, sourcing corporate gifts, particularly locally, um, visitor guides, things like that as well. Wow. So it is, you are like a one-stop shop. It's amazing. Um, thank you. That was that was a really great overview and I think it shows how many, yeah, the different facets that are involved with your job and, you know, hence I shouldn't have asked you what's a typical day look like because clearly it is so, so different. Um, that's fantastic. I For those who are listening who are maybe um, city-based or haven't thought about taking an event or, you know, business event conference, regionally can you maybe talk to some of the advantages because I think automatically people think oh it's outside a capital city it's going to be hard to get to it's expensive all of those things so I'd love to just hear from you about some of the benefits of um, taking one of these events regionally yes I I think um, I laugh actually because back early in my career you know I reminisced to, to sometimes where we used to work in when I used to work in hotels and resorts and it was really quite stifling watching B. Like it really was quite, you know, they put, it was, it was terrible. It was like cattle class. You'd put all your delegates into coaches and you'd bring them up from Sydney and they'd roll in and you'd do group check in, check in and they'd all go into the conference center and you wouldn't see them for three days. You wouldn't even, you knew, you knew they were in the hotel, but you never even, you weren't able to interact with them or anything like that. Um, I mean, they didn't even have off-site dinners back at that point. So I'm so, so glad that we have now come full circle and we're actually working with our event organisers to really encourage them to have a destination experience. I think that's absolutely paramount. Why would you take somebody, why would you take a group of people into region and then not not actually enjoy those benefits? Um, So now, yeah, thankfully event managers do understand the importance of getting delegates immersed in the destination they visit. Um, their delegates are better for it personally, uh, and that's the really interesting thing. And in many cases, our event managers that we work with report that there's overall better outcomes um, for the conference. So, you know, why is this? Um, there's lots of reasons, but the, the reasons I think, uh, firstly, I think there is um, when you get out to regional areas, there is a genuine human experience. And whilst that might sound a bit woo-woo, um, I really strongly believe it, um, it's delegates can find themselves in a unique position where they don't have to be the CEO or they don't have to be the, they're not their title, they're actually just a person. Um, so the, the small interactions, those touch points that they have with bus drivers or the barista or the winemaker or the person doing the welcome to country or the, you know, even the executive chef, the, the hatted chef that, yeah, the chef from the hatted restaurant that comes out and talks to them directly. Um, there's a knowledge exchange there. There's a, 
a tangible knowledge exchange that's really quite lovely and interested in each other and a really genuine heartfelt connection is made. And, you know, I mean, I don't need to say this to your listeners, but, you know, we're all a little bit over the digital side of things. We're really craving that face-to-face and those, those, that connection and that's where I think regional um, destinations come into their own. And plus it's enriching, right? It's, it's just lovely when you have the time to talk to somebody and get to know somebody and delegates really, really appreciate that. Mind you, we get some amazing characters in regional New South Wales, so you have to take that too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Secondly, the research shows that getting outside of your usual surroundings is really, really quite healthy. It allows your brain to think differently. Um, we used to back in the day, we used to say fresh air, fresh perspective, you know, delegates had the opportunity to actually breathe, to take some time. And in many cases, bring a different perspective to the table, not just the role that they play in their nine to five office job. So when we find people participating in business events, they're not thinking about the kids, they're not thinking about getting to the gym, they're not thinking about what they have to have for dinner. They're being quite some would say selfish, I would say self-full, um, and they're allowing themselves to be open, to be immersed in the region um, in, their, in that slower pace, not a negative thing, just a, just a different pace. Um, and that opens up opportunities to reflect, think, ponder, and then, of course, innovate. Um, so I think that's another thing that happens naturally when we're in regional New South Wales. Um, thirdly, the delegates can take advantage of new things when in regions and on conference. Um, you know, you might be the scaredy cat normally in your normal life, um, but when you're with a group of people, call it peer pressure if you want, but um, sometimes it's easier to actually partake in some activities when you're with a group of people, whether that be learning to surf or grape stomping or high, hot air ballooning, horse riding, or even just cuddling a koala. Um, you know, it's those different experiences. They build connection again. They build confidence, character and skills. And they don't always happen when you're at home. You're not, you're not subject to those type of experiences. Um, and finally, nature provides an opportunity for well-being. And I think we're going to see more and more of this for the business event space into the future. Um, getting out and about, whether it's a walk on the beach or, you know, going for a hike in nature, you know, what, with one of our amazing waterfalls. We have so many amazing waterfalls on the, on the North Coast. Um, it just gives delegates an opportunity to reset um, and also to just stop that frenetic pace that sometimes we can get all caught up in. Um, and, it, it, you know, the research again shows it's really, really good for mental health. Um, and not to sort of jump to your next question or anything like that, B, but I do think that there will be that corporate social responsibility from some of our larger organisations. They would prefer to put those resources into allowing their delegates to, to reset and get out into nature before they have mental health issues rather than have to deal at the other end with the fallout that may happen. And I think that's a huge opportunity for us for business events in regional New South Wales. Well, I'm sold. I'll I'll take my event regionally. <laughs> Book me in. Book me in. Um, and to answer you, the questions, yes, very much. And do you find, I guess, when I'm um, organising events regionally, and you've got a group of people there who maybe have come along because they've loved, thought the program looks great. They're, again, all the reasons you've just um, identified. But then they get there and they're just blown away by what 
that particular region or area has to offer. They think, you know, they're in these places that they'd never maybe even dream of going as a holiday, but they're there for this conference. And then they keep saying, oh my gosh, and they've got this cool bar and they've yeah got this walk along the river and et cetera, et cetera. The coffee, the art galleries, like, you know, they are just, and these people sometimes live regionally as well. But I think just seeing them get a kick out of it and think we're coming back, we're coming back with our families. We're going to tell everyone about it. And they're as pleasantly surprised as anyone. Yes, it's a beautiful legacy when business events can showcase a destination to one member of the family and then they actually bring back, you know, a whole host of their their family members or friends or whatever. It's a, it's a really lovely legacy that business events leaves. Oh, absolutely. Well said. So, yes, just touching on what, where you were heading, I guess what the last two years have been, you know, catastrophic for everyone Um events and festivals in particular, the industry has just been decimated. How, I guess, what's your experience of the last two years um, with your operators, with your suppliers, with the industry up there? And I guess trying to flip that, are you seeing some, you know, I guess some green shoots or some positive signs as we head into the new year? Absolutely. There is no doubt it's been said a thousand times before, but this is a once in a lifetime amazing event that's taken place. I will say, however, that of all the people and I know in the event space, we provide solutions for a living. We solve problems for a living. So um, if, yes, there's no doubt that it was completely catastrophic and, you know, certainly businesses closed, people lost their jobs and and there's no denying any of that. Um, But what I suppose I'm particularly proud of is that the industry you know, we do have an enormous sense of resilience. Um, it is absolutely amazing. And when you couple that with regional resilience is a funny thing when it's just, you know, when I, I don't even like saying it out loud again and again and again, but some of our destinations as in other areas of New South Wales had those four significant events, had the floods, had the fires, had the drought and then had COVID. And one after another, after another, after another, they not only demonstrated how well they could cope They actually came out with new products, you know, got very, very innovative. Um, Some of them actually just, you know, did a total 180 and looked at at the way that they were doing business and they have come out with some amazing new products um, that will lend themselves very well to the business events front. So um, I'm particularly proud of how we communicated and and connected with our suppliers over that time we did funny little things you mentioned before just about you know the all in this together morning teas um it wasn't meant as a it wasn't a joke it was it was meant for an opportunity for us to have a little bit of fun you know we certainly I've never this is a true story I we had bring your pets to work morning tea one day and my dog had a little bit of flatulence on my lap and so you can see on the Zoom call, you can see my nose starts just, you know, oh, it was just terrible. Anyway, those type of like very impromptu, fun, silly little things that happen that keep people laughing um, was really important at that particular time. Um, we, we had quite a few of our amazing frontline, you know, our business, our functions coordinators, a lot of those guys were headhunted into the real estate industry. We lost an enormous amount of of those people who used to quote and who could turn things around quite quickly. So we've had a bit of a skill shortage, but we've had, we've also had a staff move. We've had widespread staff movement. Um, Now that's not a bad thing either. That gives us the opportunity to get new perspective um, and, you know, 
question the ways that we've been doing things before. So there is opportunity that comes out of this terrible scenario. Um, the other things that we did, which, you know, made, in a normal year, this was not on the plan. We didn't have this on the plan. Um, virtual site inspections, you know, I mentioned before, every single time we would prefer to have, you know, face-to-face -face virtual, uh, sorry, face-to-face -face ins um, inspection if we can. But we couldn't do that under the time. So we do develop this, you know, virtual site inspections, um, which allow people, particularly internationals, you know, they're now benefiting from that particular, that new product. Um, and then, of course, we had our, our Reboot Online Roadshow, which was our effort, if you like, a brand new effort um, to host a get-together online with our suppliers and with our operator, uh, sorry, with our clients, of which we had over 110 clients to join us for that day, um, which was just, I mean, we, we were hoping it would go well, V, but that was, it blew us out. That's amazing. Day. It really did. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and there will be, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound trite or, or anything like flippant. I don't want to sound flippant because it was a serious event. But like I said at the beginning, I think that um, if you're in the business events industry, you are, you are certainly used to like finding the silver lining and providing solutions and that will, that will um, allow for recovery in our, in our sector and in our destinations. Yeah, absolutely. As you, I think we were pivoting before pivot became, you know, <laughs> the key word. We were, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And how? Yes, that resilience is just amazing. Oh. It really is. It's quite tangible. Um, and yeah. I credit, you know, I there's some days where everyone has up and down days, but there were some days where the roles were completely reversed and we had suppliers and clients saying, it's okay, we're all going to get through this together. And I think that camaraderie of the, of the industry, um, and I've spoken to other industries, they didn't have the same thing. My sister's in pharmaceuticals, they were certainly not having the same thing. So, you know, I'm very grateful to be in an industry where we can support each other when times are tough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how are things looking for, for 2022? Uh, have you seen, you know, inquiries starting? Nuts. nuts? Great. It's <laughs> just gone nuts. So the sales pipeline has opened back up again, um, which is fantastic. Again, because of those reasons, reasons I mentioned before, you know, teams just want to get back together. They want to have face-to-face. -face. Um, networking is not the same when it's two-dimensional online. It doesn't work. So what we are finding is our, you know, certainly the phone calls are coming through, certainly those inquiries are coming back, which is great. The other interesting thing, and I don't know if there's a question about this, B, but I'll just maybe it's interesting for your listeners, is that whole corporate social responsibility is a really interesting thing to watch um, come out of oh, the last two years. And so what we're finding is, you know, um, those corporates, who want to give back, you know, corporate social responsibility is really, it's a core value for them. And as an example, we had Toyota, I don't think they'll mind me mentioning their name, but we had Toyota that said after the fires that we experienced in Port Macquarie and Coffs Harbour, who said, we want to bring our conference, our annual conference to the region, but we also want to, as part of our team building activity, is we want to be able to give back. We have a hundred, oh, actually, I think they had 90 packs and they wanted 90 people who were 90 delegates to actually go out into the community and help with whatever needed to be done. Um, what we ended up doing is suggesting, you know, to build feed boxes from scratch. So they worked with the local men's shed guys, built the wood, the, the boxes, the wood boxes, and then nailed them to the trees so that the local wildlife um, had a food source while the trees were all destroyed. 
So just start like that. That I love that stuff. I love I love seeing those new initiatives that are coming out. So yes, it was definitely green shoots, and we're seeing more um, inquiries coming. But we're also seeing a different way of doing business, business which I think is exciting too. Oh, so and so important. Um, I got goosebumps. That's beautiful. That story. And yeah, I know. <laughs> the warm and fuzzy. I think it's you know if you've got if you've got your corporate values and one of those is about community, then they Toyota for me actually lived that that day. That you know that was re- a really good testament or testimony that they were serious about their corporate values, and we were very happy to facilitate that. Oh, no problems. That- that's fantastic. Well, I guess in the same kind of vein, what are the, um, can you talk to some of your, the achievements you're most proud of, what you've achieved in this role with Destination North Coast? I know you can probably talk to this for about an hour, um, but if you've got a couple of, you know, key ones that you can highlight just to really, and if you want to wrap up in this um, answer to maybe about your award wins, because I think that's been, yes. for me externally, again, something that I think, um yeah, has shown, shine a, shone a light on the amazing work that you and the team are doing up there. Thank you. Um, I think I'll, I'll make it really quick, okay? I'll, two points, two important points. Um, I think the first thing is that with any new project or new plan, there is that um, there's a level of expectation, isn't there, with anything that's new. You know, we're not quite sure how this is going to work out. We've, we've got a plan and, and we've got the best intent, but, you know, let's fingers crossed and let's hope this, this works. Um, everyone's very supportive and enthusiastic, but at the end of the day, we had a responsibility to deliver on what we said we were going to. Um, and so that's one of the most, that's a proud achievement that I know the team have had is that we not only <laughs> did what we said we were going to do, um, but we delivered that out, those outcomes and more. Um, and along the way, we've actually, you know, we've created some really special relationships. So, I don't think I'm talking out of school too much, but um, just, you know, in the last couple of months, we've secured over $2 million worth of business back into the North Coast. That's in the middle of the pandemic. Um, You know, we've had something like $10 million worth of inquiries back into the North Coast. Um, There's been over 20 large-scale business events, again, confirmed for the North Coast. So there is that, there's that tangible benefit. You know, we said what we've done, what we said we were going to do. Um, and it's a really nice, it's a nice feeling to achieve those outcomes um, and to, to have the program so well received by our client base. Obviously, um, as when success builds, more people want to be involved with it. And I, I don't say that in a, um, in a poxy ego way, but, um, you know, smaller operators who, when we first spoke to them in year one, said, look, it's a new program. I'm just going to watch and see what the reception is and see, you know, you go and talk to the hero experiences and the hero products and I will stay in the wings and I'll support you, but I'll just want to watch from afar for the first couple of years. And that's totally, totally understandable. Um, I suppose what a, a, a good sign for us is that they've now come on board as part of the program officially um, and they're getting those tangible results as well. And, and not that we're ever planning on being self-sufficient or, or anything like that. We're not a traditional convention bureau model or anything like that. Um, but obviously, when you can represent a broader range of stakeholders, um, you get a whole heap of depth of experience in that as well. So it actually helps grow the program. Um, and then the other thing, of course, that you mentioned is winning the state and national awards, which was quite hilarious, to be honest. Um, there was a slight delay in getting in us getting our trophy into last year. 
So um, our general manager, Michael Thurston, was very excited when the trophy finally finally turned up and we could put it in the pool room, as they say. Um, so I think, yeah, those the awards, it's when your national association in your field and your peers recognise the effort that you're doing, I mean, I still pinch myself because I think, we were up against some really stiff competition and I don't want to insult any of your listeners that are from any of those capital city bureaus or anything like that, but we were the underdog. We were the little guys, you know. Um, so to, to come away with that state award in 2019 and the national award in 2019, state award for 2020 and national award for 2020, um, in that destination marketing category was it just blew us away quite frankly and um, we were just really really proud of the fact that we'd done what we said we were going to do and then it just on a on the next level when your peers recognize that it's um it's really quite lovely as well Oh, fantastic. And a huge testament to all the work um, you and the team have put in because, yeah, you've literally created this from scratch. And I think to have to get where you are now um, after that short amount of time is a real credit. So congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> now, before we get on to our final fun wrap questions, is there anything else you want to talk about that we've missed? Or anything you want to say about regional events? Um, I don't think so. I think, as I mentioned before, I think the you know, watch this space. I think wellness is going to become a very big um, opportunity for regional events. Um, that whole factor around that is, is going to be paramount, I think. Um, I, I also maybe um, would talk to the fact that, you know, um, a lot of people say to me, well, you know, we've got virtual events. Uh, I don't think it's the same. <laughs> no. Prepared to go on record and say it is not the same thing. It doesn't matter how wonderful you are with your hybrid or virtual models, um, it's just not the same. So um, for the reasons we mentioned before, that connectedness, you know, those new experiences, all of those wonderful things that you um, can partake in when you're in regional New South Wales, I don't think that's ever going to be replaced by online. So I don't think we're going anywhere, to be honest. <laughs> here, here. I'll second you on that. <laughs> um, bring on 2022. Thank you. Um, this has been wonderful. All right, well, let's um, finish with these final rapid-fire questions. So, again, some of these might be a bit tricky because I think we're going to have to think back a little way. Um, but what was the last event you went to? Actually, all jokes aside, I couldn't remember. So I went to the Mayor Christmas party on Monday night. I'm using that as my as my latest. <laughs> I love it. This is probably good timing. Christmas parties. To people, yeah, Christmas parties. They're very small. I'll grant it they're very small. Um, but just being face-to-face under the, you know, we were standing under the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I think we were jumping around like 16-year-olds. We were so excited to see each other. But it was just lovely, 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 lovely to see everybody face-to-face. Oh, I love that. Okay, great. What's what's your favourite event that you've been to? Uh, I went to, I had the pleasure of working on CODE, spelt Q-O-D-E, in Brisbane in I think that was 2017 under um, Abercrombie Event Management with Nikki. And we had a ball. It was, it was a tech conference. I knew nothing about tech back at that time. So we were managing expectations for, you know, professional speakers, um, the Queensland government, the Australian government. Um, I was on, um, I was on sponsorship, I think. Uh, and we, the money, it, it was just next level, completely next level. There was no, there was no budget constraints. There was nothing like that. So it was, it was quite an. Oh, sounds amazing. Um, yeah. Which event is on your bucket list? Um, have you heard of the space series at all? 
CJ yeah. Holden. Yes, and it was held a few years ago up in around Byron. That's right, yes. So it's an amazing three-day event, basically just turns the traditional meeting program, if you like, on its head. Uh, it is all about having conversations with unlike-minded people. So it's it's um, delegates actually need to almost like speed dating. You need to register and you get picked. Um, you are chosen, if you like, to come along. Um, there's not a structured program. It's very um, ad hoc. Um, but quite inspirational and um, thought leader. A lot of, well, in the first year that they ran it, the thought leaders in different industries um, arrived to to have some really open, candid, ad hoc conversations. And what has fallen out of that is, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it's 15 community initiative programs that will probably have some large impact in the world but just goes to show what happens when you put no parameters or confines or expectations around the positions that people hold and they can, they're just free to, to bring to the table, you know, themselves. And I love, it's a bit, it's a bit left of field, but I just love that whole premise. I would, I don't know how I'm going to get on the bucket. I don't know how I'm going to get on the invite list, but I, that's my short-term goal. <laughs> I love that one. And I would forgot. I remember hearing and I followed it quite closely. I think it was maybe 2019. Maybe it was the start of 2020. But I remember looking at two saying this. Yeah, it just breaks, um, as you said, all the conventional things you've got in your head about a conference. It's the opposite. And it does sound fascinating. So let's um, let's see if we can, you know maybe bust away in from that time what really resonated with me was that you do you but make sure you do like that was the that was their little catch cry and I thought oh that works that really works for me um so anyway that's that's my goal is to get invited to that event Okay, good one. All right, we'll check in with you about that. Um, and then we'll do a whole yeah, we'll do a whole podcast episode on it. <laughs> Maybe I should get those guys on. Um, okay, and your favourite thing about the festivals and events industry? Oh, the people and the passion, no doubt. There is nothing else quite like it. Microphone drop. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Beck Morley, thank you so much um, for your time and for sharing your experience and also just the journey of the Destination North Coast Business Events um, team because I think what you're doing up there is absolutely amazing. Please keep going and here's hoping that um, 2022 is full of all great things for you and your industry um, operators and suppliers. Thank you. Thank you, Bea. Appreciate the opportunity and good luck and good wishes to everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Eventualities podcast. Subscribe for future episodes and the best way you can support us is by leaving a review which helps others find the podcast. 